Say your name and spell it for me, please. Jerry, J-E-R-Y, middle initial Y, Huntley, H-U-N-T-L-E-Y. And the title and the name of the project? Adirondack Community, Capturing, Retaining, and Communicating the Stories of Who We Are. Going down that dirt road. Welcome to Lake Placid, New York's Olympic Village. It's home of the 1932 and 1980 Winter Olympics. Welcome to the show. We are Lake Placid, brought to you by the Lake Placid News. I'm the editor, Andy Flynn, and we're celebrating all the people that make this one of the best places to live on Earth. If you're like me, you want to stay healthy. That's where Adronic Health comes in. Their medically integrated fitness center is open in Lake Placid. Get a public membership. It includes access to an expensive fitness floor with top-of-the-line cardio equipment, strength training equipment, a 25-yard lap pool. You can sign up for yoga, spin, or aquatic classes, or work with a private fitness coach. Maybe get medical programming designed just for you. Open Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 8 p.m., Saturday and Sunday, 8 to 4. You can sign up at ahmedicalfitness.org or call 518-523-8521. Adirondack Health. Better health, better lives. It was a Saturday. June 15th, I stopped by the Keene Valley Library where they were launching a new history project. It's called Adirondack Community, capturing, retaining, and communicating the stories of who we are. They're collecting three to five minute oral histories, your stories, and they're putting them online at myadirondackstory.org. When I was at the library, I spoke with two people who wrote grants for the history project, library director Karen Glass, and Jerry Huntley, who spoke first. This is a multi-year project. We hope that this will go on and on and on, and hopefully be replicated by other communities. So what do we hope to, what other categories do we hope to do? I think we'll leave that to the community. If we fill up these categories, or people suggest other stories that don't fit, We'll take advice on other categories to add so that we don't need to think about the next categories until we really hear from the community and see what else they have. But we know there's more than just the eight categories we have now. There's potentially no end to this project and no end to the stories. One of the reasons is we want this project to reflect not just the history we would lose if we weren't telling it, but everyday life in the town of Keene as well. And that's one of the reasons we're working with the school, to have the students tell their stories and to hear the old stories and for it to go on for a long time. Two questions, and then we'll get on to other ones. First, the eight categories. Arts and culture, people, catastrophes, community, daily life, work, the natural and man-made environment, and outdoor activities. Explain the the relationship you have with the school and and the project, because that sounds really exciting. So last March, I met with the school's principal, Bob Wufter, 
and made a presentation similar to what we did today, the background of this project and what we're doing, what our plans were for the future. He's a new principal, so I didn't know what his reaction would be. So I finished my story, and I sat back, and I said, what do you think? And he knocked me out of my chair. He said, I'd like you to have a liaison with the school. No student should graduate from this school without telling a story. Should be part of the senior project and built into our social studies history curriculum. And since that day, we've been working together on that. Have you ever seen anything like that? That sounds really, I mean, at Keene Central, they do a lot of really neat things outside of the box. How far outside of the box was this for you? I wasn't sure what reaction I would get, but I knew, especially with such a small school, K through 12, I think it's between 160 and 170 this year. I have been absolutely amazed as a former teacher and school librarian at what they do in this school how the students learn so much and are so active and care so much and are really growing up to be great citizens. So I hoped that what I was bringing to them would really fit with the school, and that was affirmed. So I've been absolutely thrilled that we're doing with the school, with the New Historical Society, with the Keene Library, with the Northern New York Library Network, with our other sponsors like Humanities New York and the Carolyn Glenn Pearsall Foundation. And we've had some community uh, donations, but we're not really looking for that. We're hoping that we can find foundations that will continue working with us to have this go on for a long, long time. Is there anything that has surprised you during this journey so far? I was surprised. This was a lot of work by a lot of people, an extraordinary amount of work to get us to this point. But I didn't know whether we cared about it or the community cared about it. And once we got going with the first couple of stories in March and the stories really starting three weeks ago, the community has been so involved and so excited. We've gone from a point where we're emailing people and stopping them at the street and at the gym and saying, would you do a story, to now getting emails saying, can I do a story? And then names of other neighbors and friends and relatives that they want us to make sure to get in touch with. That has been especially heartwarming. How many stories do you have so far, about 35? As of today, we have 34 stories. Our goal was 30 by today, and to us, That was an indicator. Is it just us, or does the community want this? And to have achieved that number of stories in a few weeks when we're just starting has been really wonderful. So, yes, we've got to get to, for our goal at least, 100 by September, and 1,000 eventually. But we're going to get there, and the community has been especially supportive. Is there any one story that, that you really like right now, any one of your favorites? The first story is still my favorite. It was the story Charity Marlott told of her father who got the gold medal in the Olympics in 1936 in Germany. I expected a story about my father was an athlete and wow, he made the Olympics and this and that. But when it turned out to be a story about Hitler 
and white supremacy and the reaction of the people in Keene and then the reactions of our boys who were in the Olympics once they got there, that made it so much more than just a story of the Olympics. And the story of the Olympics would have been great. And then the human interest story that's right at the end of her piece about the gift that her father brought home to her mother was just lovely. And I think it was the first, and that still remains my favorite. Of course, the very first thing that happens at the Olympic Games is the parade of countries. And all of the participants from the United States were determined that the flag would not be dipped to in honor of this tyrant, Adolf Hitler. And so my dad would tell with great pride that that never happened. They never dipped their flag and they never looked his way either. So um, after after that, they he and Ivan did their four runs, and on the fourth run, they came up with the win. And yes, yes, they had won the gold medal for the United States of America. How exciting is that? And, but I will tell you, before he left for Garmish, my mom had said to him, will you please bring home the bacon? Of course. And so the story goes that my dad actually went round all the small shops in Garmish the night before he was coming home just to find the right gift for my mom. And when he discovered this tiny little ivory pig and he brought it home to her, he had brought home the bacon and the gold medal. Just for levels, just say your name. Spell it for me, your title, and where you work. Okay, Karen Glass, uh, Keene Valley Library Director, um, K-A-R-E-N-G-L-A-S-S, Karen Glass. What's the relationship between the project and the Keene Valley Library uh, and what it, what it does for the library and how it, uh, how it helps bring community together as you normally do? So, about uh, four years ago, we digitized about 300 or 350 hours of interviews that some school kids had done 20 years ago of local history. And a lot of those people have passed away. And when we digitized them, we, it was from cassette tapes, and we realized that we were losing stories. If people passed away and hadn't told the story, it was lost. So we wanted to start some kind of a way of collecting stories again. And uh, the teacher who had done the project um, is long gone. Uh, she, moved, she moved away from the area and she is no longer teaching. So we didn't know how to have story collectors. And then I met Louis Bickford, who was a, who was a collector of stories from human rights activists. He was people who, as witnesses, to human rights activities. And he had just started a program out of New York City called Memoria.org for collecting stories for different than just human rights. And he was selling subscriptions to that um, program where um, they archive the stories uh, and hold them and distribute them, publish them, organize them in some way. And I was really intrigued by that. 
And at that same time, Jerry Huntley came along, and and she was writing grants for us at the time and helping with our capital campaign. And she became very enthusiastic about this project. She asked me what um, I would like to see worked on, and I really was ready to do this project. And so she started writing grants for it, um, and she wrote two grants, and I wrote a grant to Northern New York Library Network, and they gave us an, a $6,000 innovation grant. So that, along with the two grants that Jerry got, uh, gave us about $10,000 to start the project. And we were able to get the equipment that we needed. We were able to hire somebody. We were able to pay a publicist. All of that to make the program really get off the ground. And Jerry put a lot of energy into it and a lot of organization vision um, to make it happen. And it really, it really is very strong. And it coordinate, coordinates with our archives because now the stories will be They'll be on our webpage. You can find them right on the KeenValleyLibrary.org webpage. And they are archived in the archives, and there will be transcriptions in the archives as well. Yeah. Have you shared a story yet? No. <laughs> Winter is the time that I'll share a story because it's crazy busy here. Yeah. I mean, really, we go from 25 people a day or 40 people a day to 100 and 150 people a day in the summer. And I spend a lot of time just trying to get ready for the summer. Yeah. So winter. Yeah, I understand that. And, and you're a storyteller anyway, so I'm sure you'll, you'll go into it being very prepared, sound right. very <laughs> polished. But how do you really um, whittle it down to just one story and then you think of another one so you have to come back and that right. sort of thing, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Be, knowing in this town and being librarian in this town, everybody has a story, you know, and some of them will be told and some not. Sometimes I think of a librarian as a bartender. You know, I sit at my desk and somebody walks in and they look both ways and they see no one's in the library and they pull up a chair and they say, I've got something to tell you. <laughs> you know? And and it's a story. And so there are those stories and they look, library is a repository of stories. That's who we are. Yeah. So um, it sounds like this is the perfect place to have, you know, the booth, because, I mean, you are, I always like to say, uh, libraries are the center of the community other than schools. But really, and this is a place for adults and kids to come together. You know, the other thing that was that happened synchronously, if that's a word, um, is that the town of Keene developed the historic society, brand new and um, and we have worked with them as well. And they've support, they, they put our notices out, they, and we found their incredible storytellers. I would go to some um, historic meetings, his, historical society meetings, and really what people were doing was telling stories. A half hour meeting suddenly took two hours because people were telling stories of what they remembered. So this gives them an outlet and the stories can be told here. So, yeah. Great. Exciting times. Thanks, Karen. You're welcome. Thank you for coming. For more on this story and the latest news in sports from New York's Olympic region, check out the Lake Placid News. We're on stands now. Or, if you insist, check us out online at www.lakeplacidnews.com. Special thanks to Dan Bergren for providing our music. Learn more about Dan and his fascinating story, a life in radio, education, and folk music at bergrenfolk.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Andy Flynn. 
editor at the Lake Placid News. We are Lake Placid. Thank you.